Hello, and welcome to the Nashville Sounding Board, the new podcast dedicated to discussing social and political issues in the Nashville community. I'm your host, Benjamin Eagles. This is part four of Talking Transit, a series of interviews about Nashville's transit referendum. So far in the series, we've heard from Councilman Jeremy Elrod, former mayoral candidate David Fox, and Aaron Hofkenschiel, Director of Transportation and Sustainability in the Mayor's Office. I'm trying something new in this episode. You'll hear from two guests. My guests are Kanitha Patterson, an affordable housing organizer and founding member of Homes for All Nashville. Thank you, Ben, for having me. As well as Tamika Douglas. I'm Tamika Douglas, and I'm with PATH and Music City Riders United. For those of you who don't know, PATH stands for People's Alliance for Transit, Housing, and Employment. Kanitha and Tamika will be sharing their perspectives on the Let's Move Nashville transit plan within the context of affordable housing concerns in our city. I conducted the interview separately, speaking to Tamika after she was recommended to me by Kanitha Patterson. I fused the two discussions together, hopefully in a way that you'll find productive and coherent. I'm excited to share the perspectives with you. So without further ado, let's dive in. And so we'll get started with a few rapid fire questions. What's your favorite book? I wouldn't know for sure what to answer for that one. I, my go-to is the Bible. And where do each of you get your news? It's definitely not Fox News. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like BBC because, you know, especially the world perspective. Mm, Tennessean sometimes, some of the local stations, sometimes CNN, Black America Web. Yeah. So I try to do an assortment just to make sure I kind of look around. Um, I don't know if I'm the only person on the face of the earth. I I hate looking at the news because mm-hmm. it's so much negativity. Not all the time, but I I just get a lot of negative out of it. Mostly I look at Channel 5 in the morning, early morning, because that's when my husband and I have to leave out for him to go to work. He's in construction. And we get up around 3.45 in the morning to leave out to get to Nashville in time to work. So that's about all the news that I catch. I kind of catch a little bit of everything when I look at uh, Channel 5 in the morning. Sure. And um, tell us the most important thing that people don't know about your background. I know you've been in the Tennessean. You've been speaking at NOAA forums. Um, People have seen you a lot. But what's the most important thing people don't know about you? I am a wife and I'm a mother of five children ranging from 18 to six years old. I love singing karaoke. That's one of my favorite <laughs> things to do as <laughs> kind of a hobby, but I'm just a natural born advocate um, as far back as I can remember. And even in my family history, it's been advocacy. So I think it was meant for me to do what I'm doing I feel like I'm on the right path and doing the right thing as far as reaching back and helping people to avoid the mistakes that I've encountered in my life. So that's great. Just love to help people. All right. So I got to ask, what's your favorite go to karaoke song? Okay. My favorite would be like India Ari, I'm Ready for Love, or something that Alicia Keys sings, something with the melody. I did a really fun one with a a friend, uh, Diamonds and Pearls uh, by Prince. (laughs) So (laughs) that was really fun. That was great. Uh Um, Where do you live now? I understand you're a native of of Nashville, so maybe describe for us um, why you had to move away from the city. Yes, I've been a native of Nashville for over 30 years. 
I lived in the Edge Hill neighborhood apartment complex called the Park at Hillside. And I witnessed myself and my neighbors being uh, thrown out in droves. I've never seen that many people in court at once. It was 20 people in court with me at the same time. Um, And so then I later found out after maybe six months of living with family that the complex was being sold for $20 million. So I see this happening a lot around Nashville where people um, are being rapidly um, put out of apartment complexes for them to be flipped into high-end luxury living. And so um, I was very upset in the midst of finding that out and is kind of how I joined up with Homes for All Nashville. Can you describe for us the work that you do with Homes for All Nashville and also the newly formed uh, PATH group? I've been fighting for people not to experience what I had experienced with my family because it's very traumatic. Um, Something that people don't talk about a lot is the children that suffer uh, with having to switch schools a lot and being homeless. That trauma is what a lot of people don't realize is going on with the high-end luxury development. And it's happening everywhere. But with Homes for All Nashville, I'm able to advocate with tenants Uh, supporting them and being leaders and they can advocate and fight for themselves before these types of things happen. So Tamika, can you tell us a bit about PATH and Music City Writers United, uh, how the groups were formed and also their respective goals? Sure, sure. Um, PATH, you know, as you know, we're transportation, housing, employment, and um, it's really interesting all those three things are connected. You can't have one without the other. And so basically, PATH, we came together a couple of years ago, and we just, you know, we were people that had similar interests, similar beliefs. Um, this is what we wanted to do. We saw a problem with the city. Um, tenants getting kicked out of their houses, and it was just like, there's so many issues. And so we came together to unite over the issues. Um, and the work that we're doing as a grassroots we're just regular people. We're not funded by, you know, billionaires. We're just people that are passionate about making things better in the city. Music City Riders United, we're bus riders that, you know, believe in, in public transit. We support the bus drivers and the mechanics and pretty much um, what our outreach kind of concerns with. We want to bring awareness to riding the bus and public transportation, public transit. And so um, one of the one of the things that we do, we do actions. And so back in February, we had a transit equity day that was great because we had um, ATU, which is the, the union for the bus drivers and mechanics. They were out there supporting us. And um, some of the other things that we want is we wanted, to, you know, we we had issues with the bathroom stalls at MTA a few years ago. They didn't have doors in the bathrooms. And so, yeah, so we, we um, made a big deal about that and they finally got some doors. We are constantly on them about making routes better. The 22 routes, White Creek, White's Creek and Bordeaux area. They're finally getting that together. And so, you know, um, basically we just want to hold MTA accountable to make sure that they're serving the public like they need to and providing, you know, safe buses for us. Now, hasn't the... ATU, that union, haven't they supported and endorsed the transit plan? Yes, they have. Um, they came out, I believe it was last week, in mm-hmm. support of it. 
they're they're one of our allies, ATU, you know, and we, we I guess we understand where they're coming from because um, they see it as it'd be great jobs for their for their people. And I understand that they've got to take care of their people. I don't think that anybody was surprised by that move, but they feel like it'd be great jobs for their members if this plan passes. So Right. Mm-hmm. Um how often do you ride the bus? Uh, it kind of depends on what I've got going on. If I've got meetings or so, but I usually ride at least two or three times a week. So moving into transit, what do you like about the proposed transit plan? And then what elements concern you? I'll start out with what I like about the plan is the recognition that, you know, we do have some issues in the city with, um, you know, traffic congestion, that sort of thing. I do like the fact that, um, the plan is to expand the MTA bus system because I'm a bus rider and there's some, we've got some issues on buses. A lot of the buses are old. They're not safe. Um, sometimes uh, the drivers, there are safety issues with the drivers. Um, I've seen buses broken down because they hadn't been repaired. And I'm really, I like that aspect about it. They're going to have more frequent routes. They're going to have increased service times. I think they plan to do 20 hours and that's going to be great. You know, I do like that aspect of it because the buses need improvements. Definitely. As far as what I don't like, of course, is the price tag and how the tax is going to affect low income people here in Nashville. That sales tax is going to be so high. And that's just another increase on um, already cost burden people in Nashville. Uh, another thing I don't like is the fact that they want to have this tunnel. The placement of the tunnel just doesn't make any sense, you know, to even construct a downtown tunnel. And I guess another thing, too, is the fact that after this thing is built, I think it's going to take, what, uh, I don't know, 15 years or so. It's going to be outdated by the time it's done. And so here it is, you know, we're going to spend $9 billion. And when it's complete, it's going to be obsolete. We may have, I don't know, driverless cars, who knows, but I just feel that the way that they're going with this, the whole train, it's, it's going to be obsolete by the time it's done. And Kenitha, can you share with us your perspectives on the transit plan, what you like and what you don't like? I, I'm all for growth. I feel like it could work but the other end of it where I see concern would be I don't see anything that would alleviate traffic. I feel like even though they're wanting to build the transit, it seems centralized to the downtown area. It doesn't seem to go far beyond that into the actual communities. So I don't know how that would alleviate traffic at all. So it would be very helpful if it did actually help alleviate traffic. I just feel like it's something that is shiny and new and everybody wants it. But what are the benefits to it is what I don't see adding up. Who would it actually help? Since Kenitha doesn't live inside Davidson County, I'll ask you, how are you planning to vote on May 1st? (laughs) Right now, as the plan currently stands, without having community benefits, and some things that um, we believe in path and improve that we need, I'll I'll vote no. I will definitely vote no. Um, The thing with this plan that scares me is that I feel that um, it's going to be more displacement of low-income, poor, brown, and black people, which we've already seen that. We have grown so much as a city, 
And we have taken so many people that are native, that are, lived in the urban core. We're displacing them to way places outside of the city and into other counties. And I just feel that um, this plan is going to cause even more displacement. And if this plan passes on May 1st, what effect do you think this transit plan would have on gentrification within Davidson mm-hmm. County? You know, I've been saying, we've been saying that this is a gentrification train because we just feel like um, it's just going to increase the rates of gentrification. We've seen it already. There's neighborhoods that don't exist anymore. You go down 12 South, it's, like, it's a different world. I went to school at Tennessee State, and over there, this, the nation's now was the projects back in the day. It's just, it's going to be even more. It's going to accelerate the pace of it. And we, we can't continue to grow and leave behind and, and, and change the face of the communities and, and neighborhoods. Um, we, we've got to do better. And I think we're at a place that we can either choose to say, hey, you know what? Maybe we need to slow down. Maybe we need to look at the fact that the displacement is having on the city as a whole. Uh, there are whole entire families, kids, uh, people that are just, they've had to leave because A, their housing costs went up. Nashville's um, has become unaffordable for a lot of people. And it's sad that, you know, we, we've lost that. And I don't know if we'll get them back, but I just feel like the way this plan looks right now, it's going to be even more gentrification and displacement of, of the people that need to be here the most especially in the urban core. I think what we're facing, you know, um, is our city, it caters to the tourists, the people that are not, you know, the, the new people. And I understand a lot of the policies, a lot of things, say, for instance, Mayor Barry did was to attract business and, and to bring up Nashville and to edify Nashville, and that's been great. But um, at the one hand, it's like, okay, what are you doing for the people of Nashville? The soccer deal, you know, it was like, all right, we need a new soccer stadium, sure, but no. But then she wanted to cut, you know, completely close down Metro General Hospital. It's like, but wait a second, this hospital serves people, you know, that are poor that can't go to a regular hospital. We need to have that in the community. Oh, no, but we need a soccer stadium. And so then that blowback from that. So it's just like, Sure, the needs of the developers and the needs to attract people to Nashville, I, sometimes I feel like the past way the city has been growing, they've just completely disregarded Native people or the needs of people that live here. Kanitha, what do you feel like the impact of this plan would be on gentrification? Yes, I feel like we're already in a housing crisis, so it is definitely going to be way more gentrification if the plan passes without any specific benefits saying that we will add affordable housing and um, try to make living wages. I know that's a state issue. It's not anything that can happen local, but I feel like, like I said, people are building this city, but they're making pennies and they can't make ends meet. So it just all comes back to the the wages and the, the housing People can't keep up with the price of everything that's going up around the city. It's already been at the beginning of the announcement of the transit plan. It was land grabs at that time. So people know it's profitable to get property along those corridors. So I feel even small businesses will suffer and be in a place where they can't survive because of all the the land that will be grabbed up. 
I, I feel like it's just a big dollar sign all around and we think about the profit but no one's really thinking about the actual people that's what's missing in a plan talking to real people and finding out what real people need especially the real people are the ones that entertain the tourists that come in they are the ones that serve the people they are the ones that build the actual city and majority of the people are natives to nashville so that's kind of what people flock here for the authenticity of nashville but most of those people have been pushed out so hmm. it's kind of <laughs> i guess a win-lose situation for some people that a lot of people don't realize how many people are actually being hurt by the growth. I'm not opposed to growth at all. I think growth is necessary overall in life. It's just the way that it's been happening here so rapidly. I feel like luxury has been the demand versus we've not looked at affordable housing or equitable transit and making the transit meet the people where they work and how their lifestyle is. That's what I just feel is missing for the people. Sure. What would be a plan that you would prefer? Ideally, what I'd like to see and what a lot of people, you know, in PATH and in CREW and a lot of our ally organizations is that we want expanded bus routes and better service times. You know, we've got a good system with the MTA system. Let's make it better. And I guess another thing, too, is, you know, if this does pass, we want community benefits. And I stress that because um, we've got a housing problem in Nashville. And I feel like the focus has just been transit, transit, transit. We actually need more homes, more low-income housing to be built, more affordable housing to be built. We don't have enough of that. We've got overpriced condos, but we don't have housing for the people that, that live and work in the city. And that's a problem. I don't know. I'd feel different about it if the people, for instance, Transit for Nashville, if they said, hey, you know what, we hear you, we see the problems in Nashville, so we are going to, pos you know, we're going to have that in this plan, but they don't mention that. Mayor Briley says, you know, we, you know, yeah, we definitely need more affordable housing. We want to commit to that, but they should go ahead and tack, you know, add it to the plan and say that somehow in that language. So, and we haven't seen that guarantee yet. I mean, we've got a month and we haven't seen that. Okay. In terms of the community benefits agreement, mm -hmm. what kind of community benefits agreement would you like to see? What stipulations and promises would you like made? And what is the current status of your group's progress towards achieving a CBA? We, we want dedicated funding towards the, the Barnes Housing Trust, uh, Barnes Housing Fund. Um, we're asking like for $775 million, I believe. Um, we want a commitment from the city that... Um, the growth and development as if this thing passes, that it's not going to be displaced more people. Um, currently, you know, we don't have an anti-displacement policy, nothing that they've got here in this plan. I know that the city council, I think they had a committee to, to look at some things, but I don't know if they've addressed the anti-displacement. One of the things that we recently joined uh, in PATH was the welcome home. And so basically we've got about... Um, We've got 15 other organizations that are on board with us. And what we're, we're doing is um, we're saying, hey, once again, dedicated funding for the Barnes Housing Fund, set, setting aside that money. And so we're working on the policy of the community benefits. 
recently policy link selected um, Nashville to be a part of the anti-displacement network. And so I think with those opportunities, we'll be able to help create policy that could possibly make a difference with the community benefits and some of the things that we want to see. So I'm optimistic that um, we're going to get some things done because I really feel like, well, we all feel like that's where we can make the most significant change is in the policy. And once it's written in the policy and followed and we hold government accountable, that's going to make a difference. Gotcha. Um, the advocates of the transit plan have explained that the transit-oriented development districts that are going to be formed around these lines are going to include funding for affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Does that alleviate any of your concerns about the possible gentrification effects? No, it's, it's not enough. It's, it's not enough. Uh, one of the things that we want with PATH is to fund the, you know, the Barnes Housing Trust Fund. We want them to, to dedicate to that. I just feel like the city can do more to address the issue of displacement and um, the lack of housing. And it's really scary that a lot of people that are within our organization, they're working homeless. They don't have a place to to sleep. They bridge, tent, whatever you want to call it. And that's really shameful because <laughs> the city has so many pockets of extreme wealth. But we've got pockets of extreme poverty. And the fact that we are having more and more people homeless, it's not right. There's families that are homeless. Um, there's this this car at the post office I pass every morning. I know that this lady has been there. She sleeps in her car. She's got her car full of her stuff. And for us to say that we're the it city, that we're doing so great, for us to have a, the problem with homelessness that we do, it's just, it's not right. And so, I mean, sure, one third is great, but it's, it's just not enough because the issue of homelessness and the lack of housing needs to be addressed now. And I guess, you know, until we see something more concrete to say, okay, we're going to actually maybe consider some of the things that PATH has said, you know, I don't think that our asks are too great. I think it's reasonable. And honestly, we need more. We need it now. And that's the thing with this. It's like, okay, just they want you to vote for it. Say yes to this. But and once you vote and we and it passes, then things will get better. I don't think that we should, you know, we, we should depend upon that. I, I don't I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> and here is Kanitha's response to the question of whether or not the promise of TIF funds for affordable housing in the transit oriented development districts would alleviate her affordable housing concerns. It would. I just need them to carry it through. We hear a lot of things from the government or from politicians. As long as we know that that funding is actually going to create enough housing to alleviate the crisis that's going on right now, then I would that would alleviate my concern. But um, right now, the dedicated um, funding towards housing is only going to build like 150 to 200 homes, and we have a by 2025, a 31,000 deficit. So, I mean, that's that's nothing compared to what's needed. So we need some real, in each district, real funding towards real affordable housing. What is your take on how this transit plan is paid for? Uh, the dedicated funding stream is made up of four taxes, um, the largest being a sales tax increase of half percent at first, and then 1% additional sales tax. 
What's your reaction to that? I, it bothers me because, of, once again, people that don't make as much, they're going to be burdened by it the most, and that's mainly low-income people. And so when you're already cost-burdened already as a renter here in the city and you're going to add a 10% sales tax, that's just that's more, that's more burden. Um, people that are you know wealthy, that, that make great money, it may not be a big deal, but people that are below poverty levels and, and don't make what the typical people make in, in Nashville, it's going to hurt most, it is. So Tamiko, why don't you think this transit plan could be successful in Nashville um, if it's implemented after May 1st? With this plan, I think they forget that um, we're not those big cities that have, you know, all this. We're not New York. We're not Chicago. Our population density is not like those other cities are. We're so spread out. And um, another thing, too, is that, I don't know, in the South, I think it's a, we are attached to our cars and our pickup trucks. I mean, we are. And um, I just, I think they overlook Southern culture. You know, I think it's a freedom thing to be able to jump in your car and go wherever you want to go instead of having to to go park over here, wait on the train or a bus, you know, or just used to getting up and going. Well, what did you make of the Declaration of Transit Independence that basically you're more free if you can ride a train or ride a bus and you aren't dependent on your car? I just think that was a publicity stunt. I do. Um, And the timing of it. (laughs) I just... Yeah, I don't think much of it. I don't. I, I think that um, Riley is getting very nervous and desperate. I really do because um, they really thought this plan is going to be a shoe-in and it wouldn't be a lot of opposition to it. And I think that that's just, just desperate. <laughs> so you mentioned the nations, you mentioned 12 South, areas that have gentrified and forced previous residents out into further away parts of Davidson County or either uh, surrounding counties, would the light rail and bus improvements as part of this plan, would that not help the residents who were displaced get to jobs and um, basically transit and housing being connected and both being parts of everyday life and big parts of of people's budgets? Pro-transit people are saying, well, this is going to help people get around. Well, what's interesting is that um, the start of this plan, which would make sense to actually start it out further out in the city and bring it in if they're going to do that, but they didn't do it. They're starting, you know, Gallatin Road and they're going to go out. Um, We already have transit deserts right now that the bus doesn't go to. There are people that have been displaced. Um, They can't get to these bus stops. The way it's looking with how they have the plan right now, there's not enough. It's not. There's some quarters that still won't be addressed. Um, They're not using enough of the BRTs, the bus rapid transit. There's not enough of that in this plan. The people that are displaced, will it help them? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm sure they say it's going to help, but I just don't see how... Building these, you know, having the trains along these certain corridors is going to make a difference with these people because they've got to get to that train, to that depot, wherever. I don't know. What do you think will be the primary impact of this plan on the black community in Nashville? Hmm. 
I think the way it looks right now, the sales tax is going to be an additional burden. I really do. Um, it's just, it's going to be another cost and another additional burden on, on families that already pay so much more for their, so much for their rents. Actually, I worry about them having enough people to ride the train. I ride the bus and, um, I've been riding for about four years or so. And there are times when those kids are out of school, sometimes those buses are empty. They are. And I worry about the ridership. I worry about um, if they're going to have enough people to ride the train. I hate to have all this money spent and the train is empty because uh, you, you can't make people ride this train. I do think that they're going to have reduced fares or if it's going to be free, I think that will help out. But um, I, I don't know how they're going to manage that, though. How do you feel about basically being allies with people on the right on this particular issue? If you're planning to vote no, a lot of the money on the no tax for track side is conservative money. Um, yeah. It's kind of strange bedfellows for you, an affordable mm -hmm. housing advocate, to be voting the same way. How do you feel about that? You know, um, what's interesting is that a lot of people have a misconception about us that we're anti-transit, which is absolutely not true. We believe in transit. It's just, it's got to be equitable. It's got to be fair. And it's got to actually strengthen the community and not, not divide the community. And it shouldn't displace any more people that are already displaced. So, um, yeah, strange bedfellows, but we're not like them at all. Um, we're, we're grassroots, and I think that we are connected to, you know, what's the issues. And I think that that's, you know, where we stand out is that we're grassroots. We're, we're bus riders. We're workers. We're families. We're, we're workers. We're, you know, we're all those people. And, you know, we know what the issues are. At our prayer walk that we had back in February, it was it was beautiful because we it was a diverse group. And I just think that just the power of our diversity and the passion that we have, that's what sets us aside. We don't have any paid spokespeople. <laughs> we're just we're just regular people that care about the issues. And um I, I personally feel that this whole transit thing is overshadowed some issues that we truly have. I mean, it's more than our just tra traffic problem. We really have a serious lack of, of affordable housing in the city, and we've got too many homeless people. We need living wage jobs, and, um, you know, unfortunately, it's transit, 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 but we've got some other serious issues. And I've never heard these no tax for tracks people talk about low-income housing. I've never heard them talk about living wage jobs or anything that really matters to the people that live and work in the city. And, you know, the only time that you've heard from them, of course, is, you know, to tell you not to vote for it. Well, you got to do more than that. And I feel like we, in our ally groups, that we're connected to the people. Gotcha. <laughs> um, a prominent African-American advocate for the plan recently tweeted, Dr. King was about democratizing transit and such is what this plan is also about. The greatest beneficiaries are those with least, a true Keynesian concept. What is your reaction to that sentiment? Um, I disagree with that. Dr. King was about poor people. The Poor People's Campaign was a cornerstone of what Dr. King believed in. And part of the Poor People's Campaign is that you know, 
Yes, the least of us, the least of people, everybody should be concerned about that. Um, We have a human right to care about the people that, you know, are considered less than, that are considered, you know, undesirable. We have to help them. We need, if we're in a position of power, it is our duty to serve and, and to uplift our fellow man. Um, to even say that, you know, Dr., you know, that about Dr. King, I, I just, I don't understand the parallel because um, this plan is just going to burden poor people even more and it's going to cost even more. And um, no. <laughs> okay. And then I guess we'll close out with giving an opportunity for you to share your remaining thoughts about transit and what you think we should be focusing on surrounding this vote. Yeah, my thought on transit, I'm not anti-transit. As I stated, the group path is not anti-transit. It's a common misconception that a path is anti-transit, and that's not true. But um, for myself, like I said, I'm I'm totally with growth. It's just the fact of talking to actual people and getting to know what the little people need versus trying to um, serve a population that's concentrated to the downtown area. So just making sure that the plan is for all people and seeing how we can make sure that that is the focus, that it serves everyone and that no one is displaced due to the plan. And Tamika, what are your closing comments to people who are researching, hearing from various perspectives, and trying to make up their mind on which way to vote on this transit plan? Definitely read the plan. Actually read it. Don't believe anybody's word for it. Look at it, study it, question it. Um, Question the Transit for Nashville people, email them, ask those questions. And we really, I want people to really think about, you know, not only the environmental impact of this plan, but just the social impact of it. Um, You know, why are we going to burden more people with this? People that have the least, you know, we're expecting them to carry the cost of this and um you know do we need to spend nine billion on this what else could we be spending nine billion on i think you know um they really need to think about that and it's not going to be nine billion it'll be more and if we could take a fraction of that money and use it to to end homelessness to build more low-income affordable housing just the difference that we would see in the community and are we going to be able to live with this decision for generations because it's going to affect not just our lifetimes, but the life for generations. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming yeah. on the podcast. All right. <laughs> thank you, Ben. I want to thank you for listening and to everyone who has shared this podcast with their friends. Next week will be a bonus episode, a fifth installment of Talking Transit. I had the opportunity to sit down with council members Angie Henderson and Freddie O'Connell to record what turned out to be a really spirited, friendly, and intelligent debate about the transit plan. So I'm really excited for you to hear it. Please stay tuned.